goddamn military. And I'm fucking livid that we are stuck in the timeline where Alex Jones is right. Everybody, thanks for tuning in again. I'm Justin. Thanks for tuning in on 3 p.m. on a Friday. Uh, housekeeping items right up first. Always thanks to our everyday sponsor, SnackSwag.com. You want to go head over, get all your favorite Liberty swag. Special going on right now with the Don't Fuck With My Freedom apparel. And as always, they offer free shipping, all U.S. orders. Now, joining us today, we have one of my favorite musicians, one of my favorite artists, somebody I've been listening to since I was in high school and not until I moved to New Hampshire and started getting involved with the Free State Project and getting involved politically did I ever pay attention to his politics or even learn how aligned we were. But everyone, welcome to the stream, Phil Labonte. Hey, Phil. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's nice and uh, it's it's very uh, pleasant weather in New Hampshire right now, so I'm I'm happy about that. Well, it's better than Texas, I got to say. It is better than Texas. So, So, I I, I mean, for those of you who might be watching, might not be familiar with Phil with Phil's music, I've been listening uh, since 2006 uh, when All That Remains released The Fall of Ideals. It was the soundtrack of my high school years. Um, But again, it wasn't until I moved to New Hampshire, it wasn't until I got active in politics and Twitter that I ever got the chance to meet Phil. Um, And it was, I, I believe you recognized me in the pit at a show. Uh, from Twitter, um, but you've been politically active your whole career. Is... Sort of. I mean, sort of. I've always been um, a, a kind of go against the grain ki- kind of guy. Um, and that's, and I've always been someone that wasn't afraid to, you know, have an opinion. Um, a lot of people are smarter than me. And if they are, if they have a public <laughs> facing, uh, you know, persona that they're trying to do that is outside of politics. They keep their politics themselves because I mean, it, it, there is some truth to the, uh, the idea that, you know, the, the things you don't want to discuss are religion and politics. Uh, if you want to keep, uh, if you want to stay friendly with people. Um, but I used to get on the, uh, on the message boards on the internet on all kinds of, uh, hardcore and metal, uh, websites and, and talk about things, argue politics. And, and back in the day I was, uh, you know, I was I was fairly neoconish, um, and I, I when I like I didn't get my libertarian awakening until uh, until Ron Paul uh, in two thousand seven and two thousand eight is when I kind of was uh, exposed to libertarian ideas. Um, so I used to be, you know, the guy that thought that the Republicans kind of had it right. Um, and when I was growing up, I was fairly interested in uh, you know Bill Clinton, and then. The impeachment happened and I was like, well, you know, he's got to be removed from office because he lied under oath, you know. And then I heard people <laughs> talking about blowjobs and I was like, this isn't about a blowjob. Right. Like if I lied under oath, I'd go to jail. And I knew that. And so I kind of after that, I kind of thought, OK, the Democrats are the bad party 
and then and the Republicans are the good party. And I thought that for a while. And then the war in Iraq happened and I was like, wait a minute. You know, this guy didn't have anything to do with, you know, Saddam Hussein didn't have anything to do with with 9-11. And I don't know why we're going there. And and there's no evidence. There's no real evidence that, that there's uh, um, weapons of mass destruction any more than the ones that we gave to Saddam Hussein in the 80s. And and so I didn't really understand why we were going to the, in, into the Iraq war. And and then I was like, OK, so they both suck. And 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 I started looking around for another uh, another political a, a, a political home, I guess. And then, you know, I found Ron Paul and, and he exposed me to, to libertarian ideas. And I started listening to Tom Woods and listening to Tom Woods talk about Lysander Spooner and, and stuff. And, and then I was exposed to this whole new world of, of the Mises, you know, the Mises caucus world. And, uh, and that was, that was my introduction to libertarian ideas. So I, I've always been fairly political and I've always been looking for the people that are ideologically consistent and and for a while like i said mm -hmm. i thought it was i thought it was the republicans after i was exposed to you know the democrats political machinations and then i was exposed to the republicans and i'm like well they all just suck so screw them and now i just think essentially uh, like i'm borderline anarchist because uh <laughs> you know I, I i think that the the government's just a scam you know and I don't, I don't know how an anarchist society would work or how we would get there, but I find Michael Malice's takes on things very appealing. Right. Anarchist society can't be worse than what we have right now. Is what it can't be. I like to say. Um, but so it, it, it's really not uncommon to see musicians and people in the music industry have strong political opinions. It's just uncommon to see them have unpopular ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be the people in the music industry only want to speak out when what they're speaking out on is popular. Yeah, I mean, which is cowardly, but that's also fairly typical. Right, but and you've also kind of taken uh, the approach where you have separated yourself from all that remains with your politics, yeah. um, or at least you say you have. I swear I've heard some songs that talk about the Fed and gold. So. <laughs> I, I I may have stuck the, the word Keynesianism in a yeah. uh, an all that remains song, but it's it's in one of the deep cuts. You have to really right. look for it. So yeah. it, it's um, not something we it wouldn't be one of our one of the songs that was like going to like be a, a video. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, kind of sneak those kind of things into. Yeah. Those are um, all love songs, anyways. <laughs> now you've said recently on Twitter talking about it that you and your bandmates don't necessarily see eye to eye. Has your politics ever caused an issue? with your band no mates. because no i mean i'm i'm very much a live and let live kind of guy um you know and the guys know me you know um right. you know specifically mike and jason costa who jason's been in the band for 15 years mike's been with me for 20 um they know me and they know what i think and um they mostly have been you know I have been apolitical um as you know, when as Mike starts paying more taxes and and he's got a family now, he's he's getting a little more conservative. Um, he's getting a little. He had he just had his uh his his first baby last night, just this morning actually. Uh, his wife had a baby, so um, he's he's uh you know uh, he's not the kind of dude that wants to impose his will on other people, but he's definitely become more fiscally conservative, um, or at least paid attention to it more. Um, right. You know, and the other guys, you know, they tend to be similar minded, but not you know either not very politically aware or marginally politically aware so it doesn't it doesn't become an issue because i'm the only guy that kind of you know sticks my nose into stuff and, and reads books behind the ideas that you hear on uh on 
you know, the evening news or whatever. Hey, it's really hard to not hate taxes once you get a bill. <laughs> it's, really, it's really hard, really hard to not hate taxes. There, there was a great article in the New York Times about it just yesterday uh, that was circling around. I don't know how old the article was, but I was seeing screenshots of it yesterday um, where a, uh, a, a grape nut oil or grapeseed oil exporter from Mogadishu was talking about, yeah, me and my friends bought missiles to shoot at government agents because taxes are annoying. Like not evil, just Thomas annoying. Jefferson. Like that, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like they were, you know, they were private ears back in uh, seventeen seventy six yeah. or so. Um, but like you that's know? the state they've gotten to over there. Is like taxes are just annoying, and that prompted him to buy missiles. Uh, <laughs> that, so, that prompted him to get extra awesome. Yeah. I mean, so I had to reevaluate my stance of not moving to Somalia after reading that article. <laughs> uh, everyone always tells me on Twitter, "Just move to Somalia." I'm like, "Why would I do yeah. that?" Well, maybe I might. Well, you know, because I can get missiles. Yeah, I tell um, you what. It, it well then. Um, now, compelling. you you grew up in Massachusetts, same I as did. me. Um, mm-hmm. The Commonwealth of the People's Republic of Taxachusetts, hell yeah. on earth, we like to call it. Behind um, enemy lines. <laughs> when you moved to New Hampshire, did you move as part of the Free State Project, or did you move then become aware of the Free State Project? Yep. Or, I, I I had no exposure to free to the Free State Project when I moved up here. Um, I moved up here to get away from taxes and gun laws. Um, yeah. I was I just I knew that uh, because then and I moved up here in 2011, so it was very soon after I kind of started getting into libertarian politics, and I knew that New Hampshire had uh, good gun laws and the tax they did, they were you know mm-hmm. no no income tax no no uh, sales tax, and I was like well, that's cool. I was like that kind of fits me. Um, the the catalyst for me moving was I did all of the all the stuff you have to do in Massachusetts to uh, get a permit for uh, to carry a handgun and went to the issuing officer in Chicopee and said, OK, I want to get the class A so I can carry. And they said, we don't give them out. And I said, what do you mean <laughs> we don't give them out? I was like that. It, like we got a constitution that says that you have a right like it's protected. You can't do that. We don't give them out. And I'm like, so I got to get a lawyer and fight in court to get you guys to give me uh, my, to let me exercise my right. And they're like, yep. And I'm like, all right, well then I'm going to move and Massachusetts can bite me. So I, you know, got myself a, a big raise because I wasn't paying Massachusetts state income tax anymore. <laughs> and it's only an hour away from my mom and from the guys and, and where we practice. So it's a, a quick jump, uh, jump down 91, 91 makes it easy. I tell you what, you jump on 91 and you're in, in uh in in the the springfield area very very quickly so and most of it's straight too so it's nice (laughs) i mean my catalyst wasn't really much different at all except i got approved for my class a and Ah. i ended up taking it away uh for one of i think one of the dumbest things in the world i I grew up in north atterborough and the cape splitting time when i went to college not on the cape when i moved back to north atterborough after school i applied for my class a got my license to carry i eventually moved up to natick when i was working and in 2016 when i was working for the johnson weld campaign at the end of the campaign just going to blow off some steam i was driving to uh the range in framingham one night and uh my appendix burst i got in a car accident end up in the hospital wake up in the hospital and they're like so we found a handgun on you i'm like well yes i'm licensed i was going to the range uh the trunk of my car also had like five rifles in it what do you like what's the big deal well this is a gun-free zone i'm like (laughs) 
I didn't come in under my own free will. (laughs) (laughs) You had a gun on you. They brought you into the, into the, and they, they go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. The, uh, the Framingham and Natick police came to visit me in the hospital with a therapist from the state of Massachusetts to interview me. Uh, Afterwards, the next day, the Natick cop tells me, he's like, Hey, listen, we're not going to do anything. We're not pressing charges. This was out of your control. I'm like, sweet. Fantastic. A cool cop. Who knew? Um, I get home when I get home, there's two native cops and two state cops two days later going through my, uh, safe, emptying out my apartment because they had filed a police report. And even though they chose not to press any charges or do anything with my license because they filed a report, the issuing town in Massachusetts decided to revoke my license. Uh, after they took everything, cleared out my safe, I called the, I called the lawyer, the lawyer's like, first thing I want you to give me an inventory. So I gave him an inventory of everything they took. He called me back and said, it's going to be cheaper to move to New Hampshire and buy new guns and fight this in court. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) That makes sense. And then you could get, you know, standard capacity magazines, but I mean, I, I mean, I knew Massachusetts was bad and, and I just, when you hear stories like that, um, it just, it is, it, it. I can't help but be taken aback by by that kind of brazen violation of your rights. I mean, and and yeah, you know, you it is cheap. It probably was cheaper to, to move to New Hampshire and, and right. to fight it in court. I mean, it helps that I was already past my libertarian point. I'd already like embraced yeah. libertarianism as an anarchist. I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'm gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you, you can't actually be an anarchist in uh, in Massachusetts. You can think you're an anarchist. You think you are. <laughs> But you're still you, there. You'll, you'll <laughs> act like you're an anarchist as long as no one's looking. But if they find out, they're just going to come and pick you up on principle. So. Well, I mean, that's happened to people in New Hampshire, too. We like to say it's the yeah. live free or die state. Um, but I remember growing up, there was a case. I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but it was a dentist and his wife who had uh, conscientiously objected to that terrible thing called the income tax. Mm. And they were refusing to pay federal income tax. Uh, they were in New Hampshire and the state of New Hampshire did nothing to protect them. And the IRS like ended up like putting their house under siege. Yeah. Uh, because they refused to come out and like, nope, fuck you. We're like, we're not surrendering. And the, I, the IRS and feds like swarmed their house, had them under siege. And uh, they ended up disguising themselves as supporters delivering food because they were letting people in and out just waiting to arrest them the irs agents ended up disguising themselves as supporters to bring food got led in the door and arrested them uh, and then auctioned off the house and everything incredible right here in new hampshire like well i mean you know part of so you you mentioned earlier texas and and part of the reason why i got a place in texas um is because i think that it, it would be good to have a place in New Hampshire as well as a place in Texas, because I don't imagine the state of Texas will, I'm sorry, the, the state of New Hampshire would ever interpose itself or maybe not ever, but the current government in the state of New Hampshire would interpose itself in between the population and the federal government. Um, that I think that it's far more likely that the state of Texas would do that than, than would the state of New Hampshire. So I'm not even sure it's so much the state as it's so much the people. Um, Here in New Hampshire, like, yeah, live free or die. It's our state motto. It is very much the mentality of people in the state. But a lot of people just don't want to get involved. Yeah. 
where in Texas, I mean, you have with the Texas secession movement, with the uh, Second Amendment movement and the robust conservative culture in Texas, there's a lot of people who are willing to stand in front of a Fed when it comes to something they have an issue with as much as they're willing to stand behind a Fed when it comes to something they want the Fed to do. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're I think you're right, and I think that the the probably the further north you go in New Hampshire, the more liberty minded the people are. Um, you know, there there are some there are some people in the keen area that are liberty minded, but there are also some people in the keen area that are very that that, that you can still smell the Massachusetts on them. I guess <laughs> might be a good way to, to describe yeah. it. You know, they 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 work in Massachusetts because they. Uh, they they don't mind paying the the income tax, but every they like to not pay the uh, the sales tax and the property tax is cheaper up here than it is Massachusetts. So they they commute to work and stuff like that. You know, right? It, it blows my mind how everyone in Massachusetts keeps voting for these taxes and voting for more government. Yet when I go down to the mall in Nashua, there's not a single New Hampshire plate in the parking lot. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's everyone's ridiculous. willing to drive to get away from the taxes that they voted upon themselves. Yeah, um, but no, to your point about the people up north being just more libertarian and more anarchist, more on their own. I had mentioned that to a new mover from the Free State Project once, and he's dumbfounded. He's like, if they're more libertarian up there, how come they keep voting Democrat, keep electing Democrats to the state house? I'm like, well, because they're so libertarian, they don't fucking pay attention, and they still think <laughs> Kennedy's a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> they think they, they think that the Republicans are actually the authoritarians, and the Democrats are the uh, are. They think it's the '60s, and the, the Democrats are the ones that are all the, uh, yeah, the hippies. Because last time they turned on the news, Kennedy was the Democrat, and Nancy Reagan was leading the Republican Party. A <laughs> <laughs> long time ago, a right. long time ago. Yeah, just say no to Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, aside from music, I know the past year has been a shit show. You guys haven't been able to tour. Nobody's been able to tour. Um, a lot of people have just been putting out new music and bedroom music videos, which has been kind of neat with the music industry this year. But a lot of people have becoming more outspoken, more political with within the music industry. And as a fan, as somebody who observes from the outside, this isn't abnormal it seems like every election year every musician has an opinion yeah. uh every time there's a major issue every musician has opinion um this year with the pandemic it's been a whole lot of musicians stay at home safer together get your vaccine you've been the opposite <laughs> uh, well i've so been I'm, i've been i've been very i've been i'm pro vaccine i'm vaccinated i think that the vaccine is probably a good idea i think that you should talk to your doctor um, I'm not the dude that's like, you know, that thinks they're putting 5g in your arm. Um, so, so, uh, right. But I haven't seen a single thing from you saying everybody has to go get vaccinated. You can't come no. to my shows unless you're vaccinated, no, no, like no, stay no. home and social distance. You're killing grandma. And no, 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 that's no. what I see seems to be the normal in the music industry these days. Uh, yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, I, I, I try to be charitable as much as I can. And I, I, I think that that's a worthy uh, perspective to take when you're dealing with people that you don't know. Um, and so I like to think that they believe that they're doing uh, something good and that they're trying to help people. Um, and I think that overall, like I said, I think that getting a vaccine is good. If you look at the, the results that from the vaccinations, um, you know, barring any kind of negative long-term consequences that we could, that we can't know now, um, it seems like the vaccination is, is, you know, people that get vaccinated don't get sick. If they do get sick, they get much, a much milder 
case of COVID if they do, you know, if they get it. Um, so it seems to me that it's a good idea. I am never, ever for forcing anyone to do anything. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm an I'm a, a anarchist-minded person. Uh, I'm a voluntarist. Um, you know, I don't believe that the government should force anyone to do anything. I don't like, like I was, I was, I was fairly pro mask, uh, last year. I was like, look, just wear the mask. You know, if you don't like, I'm, I would never say that they should mandate masks. And I think that a store that says we don't want to have people wearing masks in our store, they have every right to do that. And I think that Absolutely. a store that says, that says, look, we want people in our, to come into our store. We want everyone to feel, uh, feel protected. So I want to have people wear masks. I'm okay with that too. And I would carry my mask around and I would, I would accommodate whatever store I was going into or whatever. That's not an issue for me. I'm not, at least personally, I didn't have a problem with it. I have a problem with the force. I have a problem with the government saying we're the guys with the guns. And if you don't do what the say, what we say, you're going to get a gun shoved in your face or we're going to handcuff you or throw you in a cage or, or, you know, beat you or just where you're going to have an interaction with a man with a gun. I mean, that alone, right? Like a dude right. with a gun comes up and says, you have to do this. Like I carry a gun all the time, all the time. Like if I'm, if I'm legal to carry a gun in that place, I got a gun. Like there is not a time where you're going to find me in New Hampshire without a gun. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to, my girlfriend lives in Connecticut. I'm going to do my Connecticut class on Sunday. So that way I can walk around with my, with my gun in Connecticut. You don't find me without a gun, but I'm not out there telling people what they got to do. And I don't want another guy with a gun coming up to me when I got a gun saying, you got to do this. And then him looking at my, my waist and noticing, a you know, a, a something poking out of the side here and him getting squirrely, uh, you know, that, and that's a completely reasonable thing to be concerned with. So mandates and, and, and force and decrees from the government and sending people with guns to make people do stuff. I am 100% against that all the time because you only got one life and people, there are too many people that have died because of cops. Um, there's that anarchist yep. that stopped the, stopped the, uh, sh active shooter in Colorado just a couple weeks ago. And, and the that cop guy showed died. up and shot him. Yeah. Cause <laughs> that guy died cause the cop shot him, you know? Right. Um, no, I, know. I think that's the ultimate so. libertarian approach is like, I'm going to evaluate the information available and make my own decision and yeah. respect the decisions that others make and respect the property of others. Yeah. I, I remember I threw a big event with Joe Jorgensen out in Keene last year and you came and you were one of only three or four people that showed up wearing a mask and nobody gave a shit. Nobody yeah. gave anybody who was wearing a mask a hard time. And nobody who was yeah. wearing a mask gave anybody else a hard time until the police showed up and told us if everyone didn't mask up, they were going to cancel our event. I didn't know the popo <laughs> show. Did they show up after I left or you were on the bus with Joe when they showed up. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, um, and they, they showed up and said, everyone has to wear a mask. This is, I'm like, what the fuck? But with yeah. the other thing, with like grocery stores, supermarkets, one of the arguments that I have seen with people, people who have been going in and refusing to wear masks, even though the store has it posted, is, um, well, one, like Market Basket in Manchester, they never enforced it. They've had to sign up the whole time, and then they'd never say anything. Home Depot would have to sign up, and then you ask somebody inside, and they say, we don't give a shit. A yeah. lot of businesses were putting the signs up, putting the, uh, the requirements up in response to the state mandates. And it's yeah. really hard to know what the opinions of the property owner are when the state has come in and threatened them to do something. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I understand completely. I agree. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, I wish I had a good answer, but I don't. I wish there was um, a good answer. Yeah, I yeah, was <laughs> right. Um, so. Because because there there probably isn't. You know, I I don't have like I said, I I don't have an issue. You know, wearing a mask and and I don't have a problem accommodating um, a a business that has a a preference. That's that's their that's their deal and. You know, I, I'll wear it when I walk inside and, and I'll take it off when I get outside. Uh, and and it, it like I said earlier, it's always bad when the government's like, you have to do this because if the government says you have to do it, you're going to do it or you're going to interact with a guy with a gun. And, <laughs> and uh, I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to I don't want to interact. I got a gun and I don't want to interact with a guy with a gun, because if I got a gun and he's got a gun, that just isn't an interaction that I want because. I don't like the idea of a gunfight. Now, have you ever had an interaction with a New Hampshire cop when you had a gun? Oh yeah, oh yeah, multiple times. Never had a problem. Had Usually a problem great. With a, yeah, had a problem with a uh, with a with a Vermont uh, statey one time, uh, but uh, never had a problem with a New Hampshire New Hampshire cop. I have a good story. When I first moved to New Hampshire, I was open carrying back in the day when I used to open carry, and yep. uh, I was in Keene. And me and some of my friends went into a um, this Mexican joint in Keene, and we sit down, and the police officer walks in, and she comes over, and she says, "So, uh, which one of you guys has the gun?" And I'm like, uh, "I'm open. We all do, but I'm, I'm open <laughs> carry." You know? and I was like, "You want to see my? I, I had my permit. Like, you want me to get my permit?" She's like, "No, it's fine." Um, she's like, "Someone, someone from Massachusetts almost." killed themselves jumping in front of my cruiser to tell me that you had a gun. So I had to come in here. I was like, thank you officer. She's like, thank you too. You guys have yourself a good evening. I was like, thank you. Have a good one. So, but so, yeah. So back when I lived in Natick mass, I worked for uh, Garda an armored car company doing logistics mm -hmm. for them. Uh, one of the requirements was I had to be armed at work all the time. Yeah. We had a big vault. We had close to $500 million in cash at any given time. Uh, everyone in the building had to be armed. That was just part of the employment deal. Uh, I went to go get coffee before work one morning. It's like 6.30 in the morning, and then there's a Hess station across the street from the vault. I walk in. The owner of the station knows me. He knows everyone. We're always in there throughout the day getting coffee. Uh, he has no problem. He had never been robbed because he was across the street. Since 40 people with guns all day. Um, and as I walk out, there's a Needham cop, gun drawn, screaming at me. Of course. Uh, to put my hands in the air. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, it's 6.30 in the morning. I just drinking my coffee. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. And I'm just like, come <laughs> And I keep walking. And he, he starts screaming. And like, he finally got to the confrontation down. I'm like, listen, I, I have a license. I can carry. I'm on the clock. I need to get back to work. Go get fucked. And he's like, you can't open carry in Massachusetts. And like, actually, go fuck yourself. I can. And I recited the law that allows me to open carry in Massachusetts. I work for a security company. <laughs> yeah. Dickhead. Uh, no, even beyond that, your class A license in Massachusetts allows you to open carry anywhere. Um, oh, does it? Yeah, because one of the restrictions that they can put on it is that you're only allowed to open. You can't conceal. Um, so I pointed out to him and he just like calms down. He's like, well, you're in Needham. You have to know that that's kind of thing scares people. And I just looked at him like, yeah, 40 years ago, they'd be scared of a black president, but look who's in the white house <laughs> <laughs> and just walked off. Um, yeah. after I moved to New Hampshire, I moved into a small apartment up in, uh, Nashua and just a few months in, there was a night where cops raided the building, swarmed the building, uh, cause somebody had called 911 hearing somebody screaming help on the third floor or something. 
um, banging on my door at like two in the morning. I had apparently slept through all the screams um, mm. and somebody banging on my door, not identifying themselves at two in the morning. I opened the door with a gun and it's a Nashua cop who just sees it, looks at me up and is like, we had a call about a, uh, a scream. <laughs> Did you hear anything? Never drew his gun completely unfazed. Cool. Yeah. Didn't give a shit at all. Um, I'd gotten pulled over in Manchester uh, early last year. Cops is like, you got a gun on you? I'm like, probably. <laughs> Maybe. I'll, I'll be honest, I grabbed a backpack and I didn't exactly clean it out before. I'm going to hang out with some friends. And he just like took my bag, looked through. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. here you go. Just uh, keep it in the back seat till we're done. They, yeah. they don't care. It's kind of great here from what I was used to in Massachusetts, everyone being terrified of guns. Well, they I mean, that, that probably comes from, yeah, that probably comes with the culture of just, you know, there's, it's so rare and they're so legislated that even people that are allowed to carry, you know, people that have the, the permit and gone through the steps to, to carry a gun, they're so, you know, you have to keep it on you and, and keep it concealed and et cetera. Um, and it's so rare for someone to take the, you know, go to the, 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 um, go through the hassle of of getting your permit and stuff that the police are just not used to interacting with people with guns. You know, I imagine a Massachusetts cop that comes to New Hampshire, I'm sure that they would have a significant culture shock because there are guns everywhere. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I, to me, I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think you're necessarily right with the, how few people actually do it in Massachusetts. It, it's mind blowing, but Massachusetts actually has a higher per capita gun ownership than New Hampshire does. No, um, no kidding. Um, hmm. It's just in Massachusetts, uh, uh, nobody open carries, nobody displays. Yeah. Everyone's afraid uh, of what's going on. Of getting on. shot by a cop. Of getting shot by a cop. Uh, when I was in college, I actually worked for the Wareham Police Department, hmm. uh, part time in the department, and I ended up being the firearms licensing officer. I had to handle every class A application that came through. Uh, I only denied one in the entire year and a half I was there. I had to go to court, and the guy's like, he denied my license. The judge is like, why'd you deny his license? And like, he's got seven restraining orders and two domestic assault and battery convictions. <laughs> like, that one seemed obvious. Um, yeah. But I, I remember, especially after Sandy Hook, um mm. after sandy hook happened i go into work the next day and i had 400 applications on my desk wow of new first-time gun owners people who yeah. never applied for a license before that did, like see the news oh those are going to get expensive might as well get one now yeah, like makes sense. um but i also think the whole more per capita guns in massachusetts than new hampshire might be because people in new hampshire who are gun owners it's just kind of a matter of course like i only own four or five guns but most gun owners i know in massachusetts own 14 or 15 <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's something about the state telling you you're not allowed to have it that makes you go out and yeah. get it so yeah. i i i went out and i spent a a disgusting amount of money on a pre-ban ar-15 um back when i lived in massachusetts because Oof. i didn't want to have to deal with the worry with worrying about restrictions and stuff and it was a excuse me it was a pencil barrel colt um and i spent way more money than than it was worth but i didn't have to worry about uh about what i put on it or if i had uh right. you know any, any i didn't have to worry about anything it was pre-banned so i was just like whatever i'll do what i want so. well i had a family member who was one of the reactionaries in massachusetts so oh the government's gonna ban him i gotta go get one now uh and i think it was after 
it was way well before Sandy Hook. It was back when I still lived at home with my parents. But he uh, went out and bought a Massachusetts compliant AR-15 uh, after getting his license. And here we are. It was like 10 or so years later. He reached out to me. He's like, hey, I don't really need this or want it. And it just kind of takes up space and creates a liability that I, I travel too much for work and having to store. It's an issue. You want to buy this off me? I'm like, nah. <laughs> i'll give you i'll give you a hundred bucks for the lower receiver yeah like well no the lower is part of the freaking bullet button thing oh I'm they like, have a they have that in mess now it, the, the one he got did i'm like i'll wow. give you it's like i'll give you 50 for the lower because i gotta oh. replace that like, yeah, get, get out of here i just build another one yeah um but it's like you know the 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 attorney general roped you into buying something you're never going to be able to get rid of uh, especially yeah. now I mean, in massachusetts it's illegal to transfer them you can't transfer them at all? No, after uh, Maura Healy's nonsense uh, executive order on gun control re rewriting the consumer regulations because she didn't need the legislature to do that. Good grief. I, I, I mean, obviously, I don't pay much attention to the, uh, to the Massachusetts gun laws now because I live in, in New Hampshire. But uh, I, it's, it's ridiculous to, to think, you know, as much as there, you know, there are some restrictions in, in Connecticut um, and I spend a, a good deal amount of time, a good deal of time down there because of, because of my girlfriend and, um, there are some restrictions, um, but generally Connecticut is still a much more gun friendly state than, uh, than, uh, Massachusetts is Massachusetts is really, really draconian. They're, they're, they're right up there with California or New York. So I went to a convention in Connecticut a few years back. And uh, I remember one of the speakers, they had brought a speaker from some Connecticut gun club to talk about like how to prepare yourself and how to get yourself set up legally with guns and whatnot in Connecticut. And afterwards sure. he was taking questions and I asked him like, all right, so listen, like if you had to buy one gun, only one gun, uh, and, and that has to serve you for whatever purposes you need a gun for, what gun would you buy? And he starts going through, oh, it's did blah, 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 blah. And he came up with like something like a Ruger 1022. I'm like, okay, I live in New Hampshire. And he's like, get yourself an FN scar. <laughs> like, look at me. It's like, well, oh, what's man. legal and what's not? Like, yeah. that affected his opinion. When I told him I live in New Hampshire, he's like, no, get much better gun. <laughs> I mean, a 1022, is, like, I'm a big fan of 1022s. I think they are a phenomenal phenomenal uh 22 rifle they i i can't say enough good things about them um that being said uh you know my my friend who lives on long island was asking me what he should get and i was like look you should get something he kept sending me 22 rifles he wanted to get some kind of rifle and i'm like get a, a rifle caliber rifle and he ended up with a tavor um he's a jewish guy so he's like i i want to get this, I like this. And i'm like all right you know and it's got the little it's got a, a fin on the back of the handle so that way you can't actually wrap your thumb around it right. he brought it up here and i showed him how to untake that thing off i was like look i know you have to keep this thing on but here you, this is how it comes off so that way you know when you know if you decide that you want to uh, get crazy and and modify your gun um but he uh he he thanks me reg on a regular basis uh he's like dude thank you for telling me to get this gun. I was like, you're not even done yet, man. You need, you need more, you need a handgun, need at least one, weight. you know? Yeah. I was like, you, you're just getting started, but you know, the, the Tavoros, it's a, it's a good start. I, I tried to 
uh, convince him to get an AR, but but he was he was just like, man, I like this one. I'm like, all right, dude. At least it's a rifle caliber. You know, there's something fun about bullpups. Yeah, it's uh, a nice gun. I, I like it. I shot it. I, I like them a lot. And and IWI makes you know makes quality stuff. Uh, to, I mean, Tavor's is the service rifle for for at least some of the is the IDF. You know, so you know. At some point, you got to try my little 22 modification on the P90. I, on a P90? Is it full yeah. auto? Allegedly not. <laughs> it's allegedly it not. Can be. Uh, can be. Um, not, not when I. Not when I'm. Not when I don't put on put it on full auto. Right. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, I wanted. A, I always wanted a P90 when I was a kid, and like that looks like a real fun gun. And then I looked at the price of five seven ammunition. I'm like, fuck that nonsense. <laughs> I don't know what it is now, especially with the with the ammo drought. But I imagine that it's it's yeah. you know probably seventy five cents a round or more. There was a point where it was cheaper than nine mil and five five six. Was it? Yeah. Well, no one bought it back right. then. Yeah. Um, but I ended up uh, finally getting around to. Um, I built one. Uh, mm. Had a uh, custom built frame and uh, scrapped out parts and custom made parts um, to put a ten twenty two receiver into it. Mm um nice so, nice little p90 and 22 i'm like hey i can afford to shoot this <laughs> yeah that, that's another thing that i love about 22 man you can sit there and actually afford to shoot it you can plink all afternoon right so all right so that's not a bad list alan's got a list of what everyone needs to own his muzzle loader your bolt action your shotgun your ar and your handgun um, yeah you know that makes sense so. I don't know about a button muzzle loader, though. I mean, that's probably just, I imagine that's just for fun. But. Or for deer season. Oh, yeah. You know. All right. So, fair enough. When I get all the fancy rules. Now, I, that, that's my one big regret since moving to New Hampshire is I haven't been hunting yet. I used to hunt all the time when I lived in Massachusetts. That's and hilarious. Since I, moved to, yeah, since I moved to New Hampshire, uh, working in the insurance industry, deer season just lines up with open enrollment. So I just haven't had the time to oh, go yeah. at all since I moved. Um, yeah, well, got to so get out early. Alan did forget the cannon. Who's Alan? Alan's the one who made our suggestion for what we need. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, no, that that's a good question. If if there's one thing that you're not allowed to own. Even in New Hampshire, that you could, what would it be? Uh, I mean, suitcase nuke. Suitcase nuke. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna settle just for a killdozer. Uh, you know, I I think it, I think we. I mean, the thing is, you can pretty much own anything in in New Hampshire. You, there's no restrictions on machine guns. There, you know, so it's it really it's not a matter of of what I can or can't own in New Hampshire. It's just a matter of of what I'm willing to remortgage the house to get. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, my friend has a uh, has an H and K trigger package. And it's the just the trigger package costs thirty thousand dollars because it's serialized Jesus. and it's you know it's pre banned fully auto. You know, I mean, I'd love to get a uh, an M sixteen lower um, that I could slap on, but the thing is, like, machine guns are fun, but expensive. I, it's expensive for the for the 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 machine gun. It's expensive for ammo. And it's, you know, it's like, I mean, when are you really going to have to, when are you and your buddies going to have to lay down suppressive fire? Like really? Yeah. And when is, when is a machine gun going to be necessary for the suppressive fire that you need to, to lay down? Because, you know, if you've right. got three or four guys shooting and that, 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 you know, bop, 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 that's, it doesn't have to be machine gun to make people go, oh crap. 
and get their heads down. And that's what a machine gun's for is to make people say, oh, crap, and get their head down. You know, I you haven't know? felt the need. I haven't felt the want to go get a machine gun since last time I went out shooting one. And I sat there. I'm like, sweet. Two seconds later, I'm like, well, that was 70 bucks. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it'd be cool. I'd love to own a machine gun. I'd love to own a uh, um, uh, M249 saw. I'd love one. Um, but, you know, it's like, all right, well, it's it's going to cost you, you know, you're going to go through a thousand rounds in, in 45 minutes. And that's, you know, going to be like $800 or $700, you know. So it, it's cool and it's fun. Um, but the 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 cost of ammo is just it's 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 through the roof and it's it's also still hard to come by ammo you know there's a lot of places where you still can't get it and if you do get it you're paying a premium because people are still buying ammo and squirreling it away and i i i imagine that is going to continue for you know for the foreseeable future because i know as soon as i you know get my hands on on ammo i'm like all right i'll buy all that you got or i'll buy you know here's a thousand rounds give me that and then you know, two, three months later, I haven't shot any of it. And I'm like, I need to get another thousand rounds. You know? Yeah. There was a point during the shortage right after you took off to Texas where I'm like, I can't find ammo anywhere. I'm pretty sure Phil mentioned that he had a fucking bunch. Where'd he go? <laughs> Phoenix ammunition. Uh, you can yeah. try Brownells. Brownells is, I've got a, uh, I've got a friend at Brownells and, and they are pretty good, but it, it's tough for them to get ammo. in. you can, you might be able to buy in really large quantities. Like when they get one of the, uh, um, 55 gallon drums in, but you're going to spend 10 grand on that. Um, if you're looking for smaller quantities, you can check out Phoenix ammunition, ammunition. It's a F E N I X ammunition. Um, they're on Twitter at Phoenix ammunition. They're, they're good people. All right. So for all Anarchists. New Hampshire watchers who have been complaining about ammo, Phil just told you where to get it. <laughs> and Phoenix sends, sends emails when they, when they do a run, they'll send you an email and be like, Hey, it's going to be available tomorrow at whatever time. So, uh, check and, and get your order in right away so uh, tisley's got a question how expensive is making your own ammo what's uh, up tisley i know tisley <laughs> I, I i'm not too familiar i don't do much reloading uh, i haven't done in a while i've got some friends that do phil have you ever done reloading on your own ammo i haven't um but you can save probably now on five five six you can probably save 20 cents a round over the you know over the long term but you're going to be buying you know you got to buy your your bullets your primers your your brass yeah, and your primers exactly that's the thing you're i mean <laughs> just because you're reloading doesn't mean the parts for the 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 cartridges are all available um i know that for a long time uh powder was hard to come by um if you can find primers like you said those are hard to come by um and then you also have to have the actual loading you know the 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 stuff to to reload um so you, it's an investment in the first place it's going to cost you a few to three four five thousand dollars to get started loading depending on how intense you're going to do it um and then you can spread your you know your you'll you'll end up saving over the long run probably you know 20 cents a round and so you know at 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 50 cents around you know compared to 30 cents around that's that's not bad um but it's not great either you know it's not it's not super cheap you're still going to be paying for it and it's it's uh it's probably a, a worth it in the long run but um there is a a, a significant expense to get started 
Yeah, I haven't reloaded since college myself, and I was reloading in college, and when I was reloading, it was much more expensive than buying it at the store. Uh, but the reason was I shot on the school's rifle team, and I was custom loading custom rounds. Yeah. Um, because believe it or not, the college I went to in Massachusetts had a rifle team. <laughs> Used to be. Yeah. Um, all right, so that all son, pandemic's over, Phil. What's next for you? What's next for all that remains? You guys, going is the pandemic over? Well, they say it is. You got us vaccinated. I, I don't know. It. I don't know. I've, I've <laughs> I hear a lot of talking about you know remasking and upswings and blah blah blah. So we'll you know the Delta variant. We'll see if it's over. Um, I want it to be over. I think that there's a lot of people that are sick of it. Uh, I think that there could be some issues with it actually being over but uh i, I said know. early on that my metric for when the pandemic was going to be over was when i could go to a show at the palladium in worcester and not have to wear a mask and they're scheduling shows now have you are you going to the kill switch show i was thinking about it i hadn't yeah. paid attention i'm terrible at scheduling things and planning in advance i just went there to is... a nascar race this past weekend Ooh, and loud enough. Um, there's a kill switch show that they're doing. Uh, I think they're uh, they're going to be live streaming it. They're calling it vaccinated and inebriated, and uh, and they they will be they will be playing. Now I don't know what the what the situation is with with attendance. How many people are they going to let in and stuff? But uh, that might be worth looking into. As for all that remains, um, we've got shows. We started playing a sh shows a couple weeks ago. We did. Uh, um, a show in Hot Springs. We did Rockfest this past weekend in Wisconsin. Um, and we've got, we're going to Sturgis in a couple weeks. Um, we're going to be playing there. We are going to do a show in Orlando. We've got Ink Incarceration coming up. Um, so we will be busy for the next, uh, the next month and a half or so, uh, two months, something like that. Um, and then we're going to be doing, we're going to be taking, we're going to be taking the winter to chill out and see how things go. Uh, we have a tour planned next year. It is a tour that is in celebration of 15 years of the fall of ideals. Um, like you said, that record came out in 2006. We would be doing that tour this year. We had started planning it last year, um, but COVID threw a wrench in everybody's works. And so we didn't know what was going to happen and when you would actually be able to have tours and stuff. So we're pushing it back to next year. Um, we'll be doing that in the spring, looking at a looking at starting sometime around March, April, something like that. We'll have an announcement in the next next couple of weeks. I think maybe on uh, maybe in August we'll have an announcement. Um, and we're repressing the Fall of Ideals on vinyl. There's going to be a bunch of uh, a bunch of special uh, web stuff coming up that we've already got filmed, and uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. There'll be merch on sale and, and a lot of cool things for the follow ideals. And then after that, there will be a new All That Remains record uh, next next year that we will be promoting and putting out. Maybe, right. If not next year, maybe in 2023. Well, I'm excited. We'll see. I know, I know I've asked you in the past, and I've bugged you about it in the past, but when are you going to do a show in New Hampshire so I don't have to drive to Massachusetts to see you? <laughs> uh, well, I I don't know, but I assume we probably will get something in, at, at, uh, at the casino in Hampton Beach. Okay. Um, or we could do we could probably do something there because we've done some shows there um, and they're a good time. So we will we will see. Um, but I, I hope that we can put that together pretty soon. Don't get me wrong. The Palladium is an incredible venue. I just hate driving to Massachusetts. Well, it's, it's in Massachusetts. 
Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> I, I, I get nervous about the police in Massachusetts myself. So I, I grew up at the Palladium pretty much. So. <laughs> Hold on a second. My manager's calling me. I, uh, I, I, I understand that feeling. I, I did a whole lot of, I spent a whole lot of time in, in, uh, at the Palladium in Worcester myself. Yeah. The only music video I can say I'm a part of is a music video of a band, a couple of kids I went to high school with, I rented out the Palladium and we just had a big mosh pit and I'm somewhere nice. in there uh, nice. falling off the balcony into a crowd of people. <laughs> Good. Safety conscious. I like it. Hey, I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really think safety is a thing until you're about 20. Yeah. I mean, if then we'll see. Phil says there's plenty. Uh, Alan says there's plenty of New Hampshire venues. Alan, can you name one you'd like to see all that remains play at? Just... <laughs> uh, I don't know about plenty. There are some, but I'm just upset that we don't have something in Manchester that'd be great for you guys to come play. You'd think, but I, I, I think it's likely because of how close Boston and Worcester are. It really, the Worcester Palladium really dominates the, uh, the, the southern new hampshire area um really it's either worcester or we go and play up in uh in portland maine you know is it portland maine is there a portland maine is yeah it portland yeah okay portland. Yeah. all right yeah so it's usually it's it's either down in uh in in worcester or we do there's a place in in brat or i'm sorry in burlington called uh, higher ground that we do and uh there's a place in portland maine um, but that that kind of dominates the New England area. So now, when when you do go on tour, you usually go on tour with other bands. It's never just all that remains. Um, usually, a couple of years ago, when I went to go see you in Worcester with Attila and Escape the Fate. Yes, uh, and it was right after um, Franz and Craig Mabbitt had done a bunch of whole bunch of libertarian shit with Eric July. Uh, how often is it that you find other people in like the metal scene that you're on tour with that end up sharing your politics to a degree on tour not very frequently not very frequently <laughs> um I, I love eric eric is great eric july is, is phenomenal i think that he is uh he's doing great work um i think backwards is sick i can't wait i they i know they have a record that they're they're waiting to put out i don't know if it's if they've put it out yet but he was talking about or they they were if i understand correctly they were wait, waiting to release it um but I'm a fan of backwards. I like I like the work they do. Um, well, there's the call out so. to Eric July. Eric, why aren't you doing a song featuring Phil? Well, I'm, or maybe why why isn't all the remains doing a song featuring Eric? Both. Maybe maybe like. maybe we, <laughs> maybe we talked about that. So, um, <laughs> but we'll see. So. Well, no, because um, I remember I remember when uh, <clears throat> when when backwards album came out and I was listening to it and it's like, oh, Attila's on the song, Franz is on a song. Oh, Craig Mabbitt's on a song. Where's Phil? <laughs> like, I'm going to see all three of them this weekend. Where the fuck fell? <laughs> like, yeah, I uh, I'm 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 a fan of uh, of Eric and and the work that he does. So I I would love to see him do, uh, or I'd I would love to have him do something with us. So we'll, we'll, so we're just, we talked about it, and uh, I, I I intend on making it happen when we do uh, when we do the next all that remains. Nice. I'm just saying, I have seen backwards play in a hotel lobby in New Orleans, and in a pavilion on the middle of a mountain in New Hampshire. Uh, what's to stop all that remains from coming to Porkfest, or at least you coming to Porkfest next year? Uh, next year. I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that there is anything in particular stopping me. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm fair. I'm, 
I'm a homebody and I don't get out to events a lot is really the deal. There was people asking if I was going to Freedom <laughs> Fest. That's going on right now. I saw wow. Reed Coverdale is there with uh, uh, the guy that does Liberty Lockdown podcast. And and people are asking if I was going up to the uh, to Pork Fest. And, and I know that Tom Woods was there and, and Spike was up there and all these cool people. But I'm. I'm really not a a social gathering kind of guy. Is really a big part of why I don't end up going to these things. It's pork fest. You gotta <laughs> come, even yeah. for just a day. Drive up. It's not that far. It's like a two and a half hour drive. Come up for a day. You want to stay the week. Listen, I end we'll up staying two weeks. There, uh, I, I just, there, there are hotels, right? You can get yeah, hotels there, up there. Uh, there's a motel on site. Rogers Campground owns a motel right on site. The people get rooms. There's a significantly nicer hotel about a mile down the street called the Cabot. There um, you go. Uh, but this year was the first year uh, in the years I've been going where the motel sold out. The hotel sold out. Uh, every hotel within 30 miles sold out and nice. every Airbnb listing within 20 miles sold out. Wow. And the campground was at capacity. Wow. Big year big year well you know but that's what lockdowns do you know Everyone lockdown so lockdowns crazy. maybe maybe lockdowns make libertarians you know yeah alan's got a suggestion come play the snow arena you think you could sell out the snow arena no no yeah, we scream too much to sell out the snow arena every it's a, the a, the fact that it's an <laughs> arena what is it like ten thousand? no no yeah, well, that, that's a lot of people <laughs> it's a lot of people you scream too much to sell it out. I mean, I've seen kill switch at arenas. Yeah, but you I, haven't seen them at the snow arena. I, I haven't seen anybody at the snow arena since I moved I think, to New Hampshire. I think Five Finger Death Punch played there with uh, with um, Shine Down. I think they did a show there. So okay, but well, it's better than Trapped. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. That guy just is. That guy's just begging. That beef's still just, going on, or is he, that's beef settled? Or be? I didn't have any beef with. No, him he had a beef with the world. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> he did. I I don't know. Um, I know that he was. I I don't know what his deal is. He did have a beef with the world. You know, he he was he was uh, looking. Have you ever to, met him in real life, or is it just a Twitter personality he has? I did a podcast with him. I talked to him, and he's okay. extremely MAGA and. And I was, you know, I'm, I don't have any more animosity towards MAGA people than I do towards like the extremely woke, or I, I don't, maybe I don't have any less animosity towards MAGA people than I do the extremely woke. Um, I think that they're, you know, two sides of the same coin. It's that ugly tribalism that I just don't get into. And, um, and so, you know, there were some things that, that I agreed with him on and some things that I was like, no, dude, you're, you're, you're wrong and, and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, we, we had the whole podcast and then I happened to make a remark about Nickelback and Metallica. And that was what kind of really set people off. Cause, cause if you listen to Nickelback, uh, and you listen to load era Metallica, they're very, very similar sonically. And there's a lot of songs that you could, that are from load era Metallica, Metallica that you could put on a Nickelback record and be like, that fits perfectly fine. You know? So Nickelback's a little more, a, a, a hair more uh, sleazy rock than, than load era Metallica, but not, not significant. Nickelback might, might get a lot more hate than they actually deserve. They definitely do. Um, definitely. Not to because they write Nickelback. No, but, I would, I will, I will, but, I will defend Nickelback. Because I think, I think they write great songs. They're, they, they, they're, they're a band that people, 
love to hate, but they don't deserve it because they they have so many fans and they've sold so many records and and you don't do that if you are bad. Like you just don't. You you we, uh, you you the, just the very the very <laughs> fact that they have is they sell as many records and and have as many hit songs is is an indication that they are not writing bad music, you know? I mean, so well, I just remember one of the best performing mean, memes we tweeted from Joe Jorgensen's account was a Nickelback tweet that said, I swear to God, if Donald Trump or Joe Biden win this election, we're putting out a new album. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But I, the thing the is, the best performing tweet I'd ever seen. <laughs> I would I would, I would have loved to. I, I wish it was true because I would have loved to see a new Nickelback album. So. All right. Well, we're coming up on an hour, Phil. Is there anything you want to leave people with before we sign off? Uh, check me out on Twitter. I'm also stream on Twitch Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays. I, it is twitch.tv slash Phil that remains. And I am Phil that remains on everything. So if you look, if you look me up on Twitter, on Twitch, on minds, on, you know, just about everything. I'm not on Instagram cause I got zucked for no, literally no reason. <laughs> So. Uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, Facebook, or Odyssey, there's a link in the description uh, to Phil's link tree. You can get all social media and follow his Twitch stream tonight. We're live right there. Uh, if you're watching this anywhere else, I don't know. Twitch doesn't let me put up descriptions. We'll figure that in the future. Um, but, hey, it was great having you, Phil. Great conversation. Thank you. And, again, I look forward to seeing you guys on tour. Good to talk to you. Man. All right, thanks for coming out.